Phantom Thieves, I beseech you. <laughs> I, I ask, I seek your forgiveness, okay? And the neglect of the updates in Persona 5 Royale, I have been all over the place and busy and I have gotten far, significantly far. I just haven't shared the love and excitement. We're, we're in this together, I know, and I just, I messed up. So let's get right into Okumura's Palace. Let's finish this thing off. Welcome back to the Pain of Fools podcast. I am the Pain of Fool and this space is for you. Welcome to the Gamer's Den. We are teachable here. We apply the things that we learn in our lives and we share our lessons. We share our gifts. We also have elders. So we don't wander around like lone wolves in these streets without any guidance. We apply the wisdom and guidance of the elders for a smooth and prosperous life, for that is the only life the elders want for us. And if they do not, they are not elders. Welcome back. So where did we last leave off at? y'all well i mean i remember i left off at project escape to utopia we were back in okumura's palace a lot of juicy stuff happened like it's just getting juicier it's just getting juicier we i stopped where we were in the the big hacking bane frame looking room that futaba hacked and we saw this thing called escape to you you almost said escape to euphoria escape to utopia and we were all kind of dumbfounded like yo what is what is utopia what is this thing and to me i immediately thought about someone well known who just wanted to travel to to mars a well-known businessman that's i couldn't help it this entire story is giving me all of him right now but let's continue where we left off all right we enter into this large warehouse room and there's conveyor belts and these boxes being moved along and you know, the shadows there, they present as robots and they're breaking down one by one from what appears to be as exhaustion. They're just falling apart. And Haru's like, these conveyor belts and the positioning of the workers, this is almost identical to the company's bun factory. And I can't believe it. And Yusuke, he says, at the very least, this is how Okumura views his workers. So we do a few puzzles to get to different rooms, such as, what was the other one? We did a puzzle where um, I'm increasing, I have to increase the speed of one of the robotic arms. And when you increase the speed, it overheats and it breaks down, allowing us. And when it breaks down, it like extends across this open gap. So it allows you to cross chasms and all that fun stuff. So we do all that, we do the puzzles, and then we defeat a mini boss which is an army of robots. And then we get into this other room where there's a conveyor belt dumping all of the overworked robots into an incinerator for fuel. And that led us to think that the power source to Okumura Foods is people's lives, their employees' lives. That's, that's how the industry is funded. And when you think about it in real life, how a lot of the backs of, of these people, the labor is insane and how they're just disposed of. And that just, you just recycle, you bring them back in, just bring, bring more people in there. You know what I mean? Anyway, after that moment of us just taking notice of all that, we ascend this elevator and then we're in a hallway where there's a safe room to our left. And then there's this glass window peering into outer space. This, this hallway that we're in, in the central factory, gives us access to the airlock area and outside the window we see robots floating by transporting from the side we're on to the other side of the palace so you get this quick 
suction it out into outer space. You, you get you shoot across outer space into another part of the spaceship. It's pretty dope. And in front of this airlock door, before it shoots us out, there's this Greek symbol for Alpha on it. And then we shoot across, we shoot across in outer space for the for the hot second and. As we're in like this split seconds of transit, the music reduces speed and then it sounds like we're in a jar. <laughs> and then to the other side of the palace, we we emerge through through the door that has the Omega symbol on it. We didn't explode or nothing like that. You know, I thought at least being human, we didn't have any special astronaut gear or nothing. I thought, you, you know, something was going to go down, but I guess not. Anyway, long story short, <laughs> there were a series of puzzles we find the treasure, but the treasure wasn't materialized. So it was up to me to decide when to send the calling card in order for the treasure to reveal itself. Now, please let me explain why I took so long to update you. Okumura was hard. Do you understand? Okumura was one of the hardest bosses I have ever faced. One of the hardest palaces I have faced to the point where I said, you know what? I'm going to put this into story mode. I can't. I can't deal. There were rumors about Okumura being one of the hardest bosses and they were not lying I died so it felt like I was playing Dark Souls or something like that I died so many times and the funny thing is is that you're not even fighting Okumura you're fighting all his minions you're just going through minion after minion after minion after minion and if you there's a certain strategy you have to you have to pretty much enact in order for you to defeat them and then he comes out and then he's extremely just like a one hitter quitter and then he sends Haru out, like Robot or Shadow Haru out. It's just a, y'all, it's a mess. So it took me a long time. This is why I need y'all forgiveness. And many of you probably already understand anyway. That's why you probably already have forgiven me. But thank you. Thank you. Anyway, we leave the Shadow World. We go back to the hideout. And we're talking with Haru about the palace and some of the doppelgangers. Uh, more of the villain's cognitive person that they have in there. We were looking for... Haru was basically looking for a doppelganger version of her because in the other castles, for instance, in Kamashita's castle, An was like this sex slave type of situation and Yusuke was a painting and he wasn't even a person. So Haru was like, why doesn't she have a cognitive person there? And Morgana's in reply, he's all, you probably wouldn't like it anyway, so it's best you don't even see it. Eventually, I send the calling card. Well, Haru is instructed to deliver the calling card since she's his daughter. Makes sense, right? She decides to place the card in his study. Yusuke asks if she's afraid of doing that because, of course, that's, a, that's, her, that's her father. And she admits that she's a little afraid, but Yusuke advises her to recall her anger because it, uh, it'll help guide her through just to getting it done. It'll just help her follow through. The following day, Futaba states that the Phantom Thieves are trending all over the country. And An mentions that it must mean that, um, that basically people are really starting to count on them. Now, Yusuke followed up and he's like, he's verbatim, he says, this fervor may be too extreme. It's a dangerous omen, especially if someone were to discover their true identities. And this is where I'll get to... This is where things change for the Phantom Thieves. I'll just say that. It starts to change. But the calling card is delivered and we progress. In the calling card it says, Sir Kunikazu Okumura, the great profiting sinner of greed, your success and global fame exists due to the tyranny you reign over your employees. 
Thus, we have decided to make you confess all your crimes with your own mouth. Ooh. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the hideout, we're scrolling our phones, we're reading the comments from the general public on the fan site as it relates to Okumura, and it's all about bringing down Okumura for good. But then they begin to notice that this is appearing more and more as a trend. Just It's just something to talk about. It's more entertaining. And Yusuke is just saying that the means and the ends have been reversed. We're starting to be seen purely as entertainment. But this doesn't change the fact that Haru will be still be sold off, entertainment or not. This is beginning to poke at the current social media era. And this is also, like I'm saying, that the Phantom Thieves have started to change. Back inside the palace we go, right? And the treasure materializes. It's this metal orb with light in the center. But above that orb is a giant UFO. And the UFO is called the SS Utopia. Now, if you recall from the previous podcast episode about this, there was a mentioning of Project Escape to Utopia. Aharu mentioned that he said he was going to ascend to, um, you know, his political arena. He wants to basically transcend his where he's from and go elsewhere and do his thing. And perhaps that's the link. So his desire, how it showed up in the in the, the shadow world is, is him essentially escaping or going out of space. And that's just a metaphor for his desire to advance and transfer arenas. So he desires to discard where he's from for his utopia. Similar to cult leaders, might I add. Cult leaders love doing this utopia thing. It just, it's just a weird piece. I don't know what it is, but anyway. Anyway, we approach the treasure. And then there's this emergency launch sequence activates inside the palace and Shadow Okumura pulls the metal ball up to the base of the UFO and says he has to make his exit and then he flies off. We do catch up to him though and he deceives Haru into thinking that he's received a change of heart. You know, he tries to do the pity party thing and, and then Haru's like, oh my God, father, okay, I, I believe you. But he traps us all inside this like a force field type of situation except for Morgana and Haru we're in this electric prison and then you know he says you can't you basically you can't find happiness acting noble he said exactly what happiness can be found in acting with justice but losing the battle and and this is where the battle wore me out y'all like when I say this battle wore me out, I had one strand of hair. I had one strand of hair and my tank top was crooked. And I had one sock. That's all I had left. You know what I mean? It was, it was crazy. But with all of the power and all the authority, did I win? <laughs> I won. We learned after this that failure was his fuel. Okumura went out of his way to avoid failure at all costs to the point of full consumption. He was fully consumed by, by the fear of failure. And he sacrificed any and everything to avoid it. But in the end, he was still left with failure. So, after the battle, right? He does rescind the marriage offer and we prepare for the end of Okumura Foods. 
we learn that he spent large sums of money to help his company grow and crush business competitors. He also had a contract to have his competition eliminated. He received, listen to me, he received requests, which piques our suspicions. Like you receive requests from where? Now, remember, there's this masked thief in the palaces. So Haru's like, what kind of contract did you form and with who? We're still talking to Shadow Okumura, by the way. So he begins to cry and then he, you know, the self-destruction sequence continues and the treasure falls to the ground for us to take. Morgana grabs it. He asks Okumura if he's seen the face of the mass criminal causing the mental shutdowns. Y'all, listen to this part. Now this blew, when I tell you it blew me backwards, as we had to leave, we had to rush because we were really running out of time. Listen to this. As soon as we walked away, someone shot Shadow Okumura. Someone sh like shot him. Not, not like a shot, a shooting in the battle where, you know, you fake get shot. No, he got killed. In, do you understand the importance of this, the significance? If you get killed in the shadow world, in the real world, you suffer a cognitive collapse. Cognitive decline, you go crazy or you have some type of heart attack or something. Y'all, he got shot and he fell to the ground in the shadow world. I, I was like, okay, now who? You hear these footsteps, right? These footsteps are approaching the dying Okumura and it's the masked criminal, y'all. It's <laughs> I was I was genuinely on the edge of my seat. Like, like if I listen, anyway, this completely black silhouette and his, his eyes, they were red. This silhouette has some red eyes. He shot him again, y'all. He shot him again. And then Okumura disappeared. Morgana turned that they didn't see this part. Morgana turned into a vehicle and escorts us from the palace. Now, we're back in the real world, y'all. Listen to this. In front of the real Okumura foods, we're still conversing over the fact that Okumura was not the culprit of those mental shutdowns. It, was, it wasn't Okumura. We thought it was, but we were wrong. Now, his treasure materialized in the real world as a plastic model kit of a spaceship. And Haru recalls that there was a model kit that he really wanted back when he was a child, but his father or her grandfather technically never gave it to okumura or kunikazu no matter how much he begged for it his his grandfather never gave it or his father never gave him to it gave gave it to him she said his father was a good man but not the best at business he'd even lent money without collateral debt collectors were a frequent presence when her father was young now that explains a couple of things. That explains his need for greed and his need for stability and this excessive need for stability. I would venture to say that Kunikazu was a Taurus. But anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, so Futaba pulls up the price of the model kit on her phone and it's extremely expensive. So it was a high value collector's item. Now, we make a cut. We cut to the mysterious person, the SIU director. On the phone call he's having and he's like, Yes, exactly as you planned, sir. Everything. From the phantom thieves targeting Okumura to them changing his heart, we've lost a convenient source of income, but I'd rather not risk his connection coming to light. Okumura was not fit for the political world to begin with. 
He should have just behaved himself, of course. Yes, without fail, sir. I requested that he handle the matter. Arrangements have been made. Mm -hmm. A sudden mental shutdown will occur at just the right time. We'll dispose of our disappointing connection and the Phantom Thieves at once. Two birds with one stone. Scene, cut scene, end of scene. I'm like, yo, what is going on? Like, it's just like the, the if this was a cherry getting injected with more juice, like this whole part was just it was just getting juicier and juicier and juicier. Back at LeBlanc, in my room, Morgana communicates how he was comparing himself to the other members of the group and he was just so hung up on wanting to be human because he wanted a goal of his own he wanted something bigger he wanted a reason to live and he wanted to make sure that the phantom thieves succeed of course our bond strengthens under the magician arcana uh the magician or the 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 major arcana the magician tarot and i learned a new ability anyway so we're in the group text we're chatting and I'm checking up on Haru just to make sure she's good. She says she's fine and wants to participate at the school festival, the Shujin School Festival. So we're preparing up for some fun uh, just to take our minds off of the time because I still had time. I basically, I defeated Okuma before the, the countdown. So I had a couple days left before um, his confession and all that stuff. So I spent some time just hanging with them. So eventually I fell asleep. And I wake up in my, my unconscious prison. The two prison wardens and Igor are pleased with my progress, might I add. He acknowledges my power and my relationships have grown and they continue to. And he says, the rehabilitation is proceeding at a fine rate. Then he requests my permission to warn me about something. He says, being at the peak may mean that I am mere moments from my downfall. Unexpected situations are necessary in a game after all. And then we, we, we close off with that. Morgana had another bad dream of seeing himself in shadow form and his internal dialogue of disbelief carries him for a brief moment. He just kept, you know, I don't want to be, I want to figure out who I am and I really hope to be human. And that was his thing. All right. So we wake up, right? Some days pass. And I'm leveling up my confidence through building relationships, and it's now October 1st. One night, I encounter Akechi inside the cafe. We spend some time together at a bathhouse, and inside, he shares with me that bathhouses bring back memories of his past. And he said his father abandoned him, and his mother, and his mother worked at a nightclub. Whenever she brought a man home, she'd send Akechi to the bathhouse. And he blames his father for abandoning them. But we keep talking and we're communicating our similarities. And then I learn a new ability with our confidant. Now, days pass and it's finally the date of Haru sending off. We open the day October 11th with the group text of Haru saying that her father will be holding a press conference. Assuming to confess. We agree to meet up at the Shujin Academy rooftop. So we're at the school and our teacher, Ms. Kabakami, came up to tell me that the school counselor, Dr. Maruki's term will be ending soon and to make sure that I visit him often. So I'm not bringing any attention or any strange attention to myself. You know, Dr. Maruki has been hired in Persona 5 Royale to assist us through the process of the grieving process of Kamashita's abuse and all that stuff. In walks Kasumi, <laughs> Shujin Academy's star gymnast, 
who is also a new character that I have a separate episode for, so I'm not going to get too detailed into Kasumi yet. So Kasumi, I, and I agree to eat lunch together as Dr. Maruki, the counselor, walks up and she invites him to our lunch and we agree to eat together. I'm trying to skip out some details, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut that part out because there's some things I don't want to talk about yet. Anyway, so Haru's a gardener, right? Remember, and we learn that she has a flower bed. Well, you don't probably know, but she has a flower bed on the rooftop of Shujin Academy. And we decide to help her garden as a, as a group and discuss plans to celebrate for the school festival on our own and for Haru joining the Phantom Thieves. So because Haru's a daughter of a rich dude, <laughs> she rents out the entire Disneyland. I said Disney. Well, it's called Destinyland Park, but it's akin to Disneyland. You know, the, this game makes plenty of nods to real things. So they'll call 90210, like uh, the show Beverly Hills 90210. They'll say like Hills Beverly 90120, just something like that. They'll always flip and play games with real things just to kind of give a nod to it. But I think it's really neat. Anyway, so it's called Destiny Land. And it looks exactly like Disney World, by the way. It has the, the castle and all the, the fireworks and all that fun stuff. And... She's like, you know, well, I didn't necessarily rent it out, but we, we were going to use that for something else. So I figure since um, plans have changed, we can all go to Destinyland together as just a small group and we'll have the whole park rented out to ourselves. So anyway, fast forward, we're the only ones at the Destinyland and we're eating in front of the large castle. We're bonding, we're laughing. And then Haru stops. And she stops us with this fear that things are going too well. She was like, uh, she was hesitant to enjoy herself in the moment. Rightfully so. You know, it's her father is up for this public change and this. We don't know what's about to go down. But now we notice that it's time for the press conference and we all put our phones out to watch. Oh, man. Cut to Okumura in the press conference confessing and opening up about the mistreatment of his staff, the poor ethics, the scandal, and he apologized, hanging his head in shame. He took all the accountability for the operations. He mentioned employees who were against the expansion of Okumura Foods all mysteriously fell ill and resigned from the company, and he pauses, and he's like, I have a critical piece of information to announce here today. And that's when my eyes got big. My hands started to sweat. My ears perked up. As he starts his sentence, he freezes. The camera just zooms into his face. His eyes roll in the back of his head and he grabs at his chest. His face falls flat on the table. Blood flowing from his eyes, mouth, his nose. The press conference immediately cuts to a commercial break and we're all like, we're all mortified. Me as the player, I'm like, yo, mad juicy. Now Haru is losing it right now and we're all thinking we're somehow responsible for this because we don't know what's going on, but I know that, it, of course, the Phantom Thieves didn't do this. The, the, the Shadow um, Thief killed him in real in the in the shadow world thus killing him in real life you know what i mean they he killed him so futaba's memory 
was just jogged in that moment. And she's like, if you let the shadow live, there will not be a mental shutdown. But if it's killed, and then Haru, you know, she's extra diplomatic and in all of her diplomacy, she's in, in all of her tact and all of her, her grace, she's all, I'll talk to the staff before I leave, but feel free here to take your time. And she just like runs off. She didn't say anything else basically other than just to enjoy yourself and i'm i'm leaving because this is this is crazy y'all this is just mad juicy now cut to akechi and and sai in the police station akechi catches the press conference on sai's computer and instantly dry heaves because you know it's it's gory looking and sai thinks the phantom thieves are responsible that they had a falling out and killed him to cover their tracks and akechi he's all well I'm actually here about that. So Saez asks if he found any evidence. And Akechi's like, well, actually, there's a chance that the party behind these aren't the Phantom Thieves, but someone else. Sai recalled that someone took data from her laptop and transferred it. And she felt it opportune to ask Akechi who denied it. We all know who did it, though. She noticed it immediately after she had an argument with her with him in September. So she just assumed it would have been a catchy that would have stolen information from her based off of an argument that they had. Remember the previous episode? Anyway, later that night, the news confirmed Nokumura died from cardiac arrest. And now we're in the group chat. We're wrestling with doubt that it could have been us responsible for it. We weren't certain. But eventually I go to bed and wake up inside the prison. Igor... And the prison wardens are there, and Igor congratulated me on the victory of Okumura, and it's just good. It's just good, okay? Still crazy, but it's good. And Igor asked me if I sensed the malicious will of another. He doesn't know who is causing the issue himself. Now, you would think that Igor would know because Igor, Igor presents as like this, uh, this, this Wizard of Oz type of situation. Well, that's not a good example because, you know, the Wizard of Oz was... anyway. But he doesn't know who is causing the issue, but he looks forward to seeing how I overcome it. And um, I'm going to stop there because, y'all, it's I'm going to be back next week. I've already listened. I'm, I'm doing a consistent schedule for y'all because this is worth it. Let me know what you guys think. Follow me over on IG at The Pain of Fool. Find me on Twitter at Pain of Fool Pod. And I will be back next Thursday. Until such time, my Phantom Thieves, peace.